0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi and today is Friday. uh, What is it? The 11th? 10th. Oh, Uh,
1: shit. It's my sister's birthday.
0: (laughs) 2020. And you guys listening to episode uh, 454. And um, I have a, a great guest on uh this week's tv you've done the show before mike or no no no
1: no oh, big wow fan, all
0: right all right cool so um yes my uh buddy on the show right now has a special that he shot uh when was that you shot that recently right I oh, shot it got that released in- recently
1: mm-hmm. yeah i shot that in november uh during new york comedy festival and then it came out january 24th
0: January 24th. He's got a movie right now on uh, Amazon Prime called Timing. The very funny, uh, a guy that I've always liked when I met in this business. Mike Cannon is here. What's up, Mike?
1: What's up, buddy? Thank you so much for having me.
0: No, it it was funny because right before we got going, I was just saying that um, all comedians had to turn into like tech pros. And we had (laughs) to like learn how sound and fucking lighting. Dude,
1: dude. It's it's incredible. At this point, we're all our own full-service agency and production arm. You know, we have to do our own PR. We're all social media experts. We're all editing. We're all producing our own shit. I, I have, like, thousands of dollars worth of devices that I barely know how to use.
0: Oh, dude. I fucking built a studio in my house. Just, I mean, I was like, what's that stuff that people have on the walls that are different shapes? What's that for? Like, order that. And they were like, you know, that's for sound and stuff. Like, yeah, I... It's been brutal, but it's it's kind of good that we now don't need certain things from other people. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, totally, man! It makes me feel a little self sufficient. Like you know, the stuff I've shot and put out in quarantine has been like my favorite stuff that I've ever done.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, see, that's the other thing too that I think what you're doing is, um, I think what you're doing is really smart. Is that you're doing your own, you're doing your own shit, and it's like mm-hmm. if if you're trying to get a special and it's like well then i'm going to go get my special i'm going to make right. my i'm going to make my special or i'm going to produce my own stuff and that that's huge and then look you see that it's obviously helping right especially online cuz people are like Cause look, man, nobody's going to give. It's really hard to get a deal now. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, no, it really is. You know, it, it gone are the days where you know people that have been around for a little while get the half hour, and it's like a progressive next step yeah. and all that stuff. It's kind of like you know people are going for a younger audience and and yeah. you know trying to obviously appeal to certain groups, and it's like, yeah, that's fine. All right, I'm going to do my own thing then.
0: Yeah. And it's like, you're, you're doing what I did where you had a, you had a child, which, mm-hmm. you know, I have two and it's definitely like, I guess for certain things in certain networks, I would, I wouldn't say so much anymore, but when I first started coming up, it wasn't all of these streaming things. It was Comedy Central right. or it was like Comedy Central or like HBO yeah right and comedy central they did not want to hear you had a fucking kid they were like yeah well, that's not (laughs) going to help you
1: (laughs) yeah people people that dress like we (laughs) like our network dresses don't have children
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah dude i gotta tell you i i got i'm not gonna lie during the pandemic and by the way how is your son what is he is he one yet
1: he's good he's gonna be one in like two weeks
0: wow, look at me on it. I didn't like, it's not that I, how creepy would that be if I had the date? I obviously didn't know.
1: (laughs) You have just the calendar with my kid's picture and the date circled in red.
0: You're like 14 days. No, I know. You're like, all right, I gotta
1: go. Dude, that's Um, how I was when Facebook first came out. I was in college when it first came out and there were no like, etiquette or anything like that so i'd like look up girls in my school and then i'd meet them at parties and i'm like oh what's up emily right you're a fan of jack johnson how was that trip to australia looked like fun and she's like jesus christ
0: (laughs) yeah 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 they're like oh god this is wild Um, i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna lie i had you here and and, uh i was talking me and chrissy d were talking Mm -hmm. i got worried for you for a second during this pandemic and here's (laughs) and here's how i got worried I could always tell, I, I, I got to tweet this, but I could always tell somebody's mental state by their hair color. Uh, uh-huh. and, <laughs> and, and like, I feel like, like blue is like, Oh, trying something. Mm-hmm. Um, yellow is full. In my mind, yellow is full fledged. Somebody's, I don't mean like light. I don't mean, I mean like bright yellow.
1: Right, right, right. Like, yeah. a,
0: like a, like a violet, like, I mean like a neon yellow. That that to <laughs> yeah. me is, is a bad sign, but then you, you went pink and I'm like, all right, he's okay, but he's doing, he's going through something. And (laughs) (laughs) I was like, like, he's okay. Like he's going to be okay, but he's almost on the ledge. So I just wanted to, we were just totally Mm -hmm. joking about it, but uh, no, man, you did the right thing because you were putting out content during this early as, as was I. And I think it was just something that you just, I mean, we want to put out content, but if you can't be on stage, we got to, if we can't be on stage doing what we, we, what we love number one, you got to put yeah. stuff
1: out. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you're the same. I can't put all of like my needs onto my wife. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, right. we're so used to a certain amount of attention every single night. So we're hands-on fathers during the day. And then you get to go out at night and kind of let it let it rip and blow it out. And I, we obviously don't have that outlet right now. So all we can do is create stuff and the comments and positive affirmation kind of act as the crowd. So that... Yeah that kind of has taken the pressure off of my wife where, you know, initially in quarantine, I'm like, do you think I'm funny? What do you think of this? And she's (laughs) like, Jesus Christ, do something.
0: Yeah, you're looking at your wife like, can I get some positive feedback? That's what I need. Like, we need that, you know? Yeah,
1: and she's like, actually, we have a eight-month-old child. Can you please? uh
0: (laughs) Yeah, can you, yeah, that's, that's, now did you go through any, um, did you have the virus or no?
1: Not that I know of. I mean, I think I, you know, like everybody else, I think I may have had a touch of it in like January or February because there was like a three or four day, uh, you know, span where I was pretty sick and it felt like what the symptoms have been, you know, have been said. But uh, I don't know. I never got tested. And now I'm, you know, now I'm in fucking Mohegan Sun in, uh, in Uncasville, Connecticut yeah just yeah. No, around a bunch of mutants
0: i know mohegan say yeah, that dude there's nothing sadder than being in a hotel in mohegan sun for more than two days like it's like you just got to get home
1: right well and that's when it's regular <laughs> and yeah, now it's like right. i mean the people that have to be here right now still in the middle of this shit it is a rare breed of human being
0: yeah to, to, that's just straight up gambling problem
1: Right. Well, that's the thing is I, I was talking about it on stage last night and I was like, maybe we're looking at entertainment wrong. You know, whereas like, you know, people are okay. shutting down shows and stuff like that. It's not that. It's now entertainment plus gambling. So every time you need to be entertained, you're wagering your health.
0: <laughs> right. You know, you have a problem if you're like, there's a chance I'm going on a ventilator, you know, yeah. just so I could get back even on the blackjack table.
1: Yeah. I'm going to bet my lungs on black. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah um no man i that and nothing is worse and i don't mind the room the room is actually not bad but no, seeing a totally. mechanical bull on your way to the on your way to your gig is like wow dude i do something different for a living for sure
1: yeah i mean you know and, and last night's show it was fun, but you know, Brendan Sagalow is opening for me. He's hilarious. The second he walked out on stage, somebody yelled Trump 2020. Like, so it was contentious. They were heckling. It's like these people have been cooped up for several months. And instead of going out and being like, wow, we should really appreciate a live performance. They were like, let's head out and ruin a live performer's life.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Cause they're just dying to say something like they've been cooped in and they, uh, no, I love, I love Brendan. That's a great, uh, That's a great, uh, double punch right there. Uh, Mm. Combo right there. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I, are people coming out like as far as like, like what are they doing? Like double capacity, uh, half capacity, I should say. I think
1: they're doing less. So they're doing 25%, but I think the room typically seats like over maybe 300 or something. So there's like, there's like 60, 65 people there last night and spread out. It, it felt like the room was full, you know, like it, it, it definitely yeah. felt like a community vibe and something that I've been missing this entire time. But there was like patches of people there for the right reason. And then, of course, you know, people then, still furious that they came for some weird reason.
0: Yeah, yeah. I did that room uh, maybe like six or seven months ago and maybe like eight months ago. And yeah, I definitely know the room. The room could be great. Like the mm-hmm. room, the room could be great. Now, this is your first time back.
1: This is my first time back. Yeah. I mean, I did one of those uh, drive-in shows. I did that Astoria drive-in for J Nog and that, you know, that was fun, but that was like, it's a totally different ball game. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's almost like a live zoom show because you're just still speaking to people through a windshield. So it's yeah. like, it's not complete connectivity. You can kind of see them laughing and that, I guess adds an element of realism to it but it was still kind of you know surreal and I've said
0: no to every one of those fucking things and (laughs) and after I listen to people tell me the stories and I see the pictures I'm glad every fucking time that I said no
1: oh yeah you're making the smart choice
0: it's like look I mean I was fortunate enough to go out to Arizona and now it's like the number one place in the world that is dude. just fucking like 10,000 cases a day. And they did not give a fuck, dude. Like, I was like, you guys do not care out here. And they were like clapping at it. I was getting oh like God. mask shamed. I was, dude. They were just Oh like, yeah. oh, they were like, look at this dude. And then all of a sudden, now I'm getting uh, texts from people going, hey, you did the, maybe you were onto something. You know, I, I told <laughs> you i I was what the fuck are you doing here? But it was, it was great to be back up and to feel that again. And I'm sure you felt this. I'm sure you felt this last night. I was telling Giannis, uh, and I was telling some other comedians. I was like, "You're not gonna lose the 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 ability to do it." Like, so it's like what happens is what happened with me. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's the same for you, Mike. But what happened with me was I felt like it was like, all right, let me feel this out. I addressed that I had the virus. I addressed that I went through it and then I kind of joked about going to Arizona and they had it just to kind of feel where I was at. And then Mm -hmm. I would say 10, 15 minutes, dude, with the exception of like two or three rusty moments where I knew that the joke could have been, I should have said this. uh, And that happened a hand, like three times. Other than Mm -hmm. that, two times, maybe I was back. I was back. And I was telling people, I'm like, dude, we do this for years. And once you just get back doing it, it might be a little rust. Did you find that? Or were you like, oh, fuck, I need a
1: couple of shows? No, I, f- I found the exact same thing. We're soon And, you know, like we said, I've had a ton of mic time during quarantine. So it's not like I've gone four months without touching a microphone or speaking to people. Like we've done right. – I've done – hours and hours of podcasts so even if they weren't laughing I could talk for an hour (laughs) you know that (laughs) that that doesn't bother me so I felt like I snapped right back in a few of the jokes I was like in the like right when I started them I'm like I don't know how this goes but then as I just I just pushed through and my it's almost like my brain found the words as I was going
0: yeah and did you listen to your set before
1: I was yeah I listened to my album before yeah. it went on, because I was yeah. like, I had before this, I was working on, you know, brand new shit, you know, it is you drop something and then you want to develop something really quick. And I was in a great groove. I had 20 new minutes in like three months where I was like, Okay, we're fucking we're cooking right now. Yeah. And then I did those, you know, quote unquote, 20 new minutes last night, and they were 11 new minutes. yeah 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 it was just real real quick and i was like okay i gotta figure out how to how to space this out so everything else was like a best of of both of my first you know my first two hours
0: i did that too i mean i'm ready for the new hour we're shopping like we like i was ready and we were ready to go with it and then then it was like okay this happened so i was able to listen back of the of the tour because i've been doing those sets Mm -hmm. but um yeah i was telling people i was like worry more about other things worry more about like being safe worry more about right, right. buying tickets worry worry about the things you need to worry about but as far as like am i going to be able to do everyone's like am i going to be able to do it again i'm like yeah dude, you've, been, you've been on stage every night for years you're going to be able to do it again
1: right and you know it's cliche but it is it felt akin to riding a bike you know what i mean like it's yes. like it's that same exact feeling where you drop in and it's kind of uncertain but then as soon as you grab the mic you're like oh i i've this is familiar territory i don't feel too uncomfortable it is funny though that some of the expectations from like listeners like i have podcast fans that come out and last night the guy was like great show dude i'm coming back tonight are you switching it up i'm like dude i'm trying not to drown like how dare (laughs) you you want me to do with two new hours and two nights i mean the delusion of these fans are like (laughs) they think because
0: we do it so dude you're gonna write a new hour tomorrow
1: (laughs) (laughs) just about what happened last night right (laughs) <laughs> the worst
0: is when someone's like dude i got something for you so my wife's if, and i'm just like yeah yeah
1: oh man that never goes well in long island that's how i felt it, like every every time somebody sidled up next to me at the bar and they're like so this is what you gotta do that joke almost always involves a racial slur
0: <laughs> i'm going there this week Hell yeah i'm <laughs> um, doing governors uh outside on the patio but it's oh funny i saw that
1: that looks fun
0: well, I, I the funny thing with me is now my big thing is, Mike, this is hilarious. I, I ask for pictures. I want to mm. see. I want notes. I want pictures. I'm not I'm not doing a fucking hell gig. Dude, I swear to God, I'm like, what do you mean tense? What does tense right. mean? You know? and, then and then they like just sent me a picture of Jessica Kearson up there. So then I text Jessica. Hey, how mm. is like, oh, it? Oh, it's great. It's great. So I'm like, all right, then I'll definitely like look into that. And then I looked into That's it. That's smart. And I'm like, I'll do it because it's like, it's a cozy little thing. It's like a 75 seater. It's Mm -hmm. has a roof. Uh, and yeah. So, I mean, like I told my agent and manager, I'll go out and do, I want to work, you know, like we all want to work. It's just a, I don't want to get sick again. Yeah. Cause I went through it. I just don't want to get sick again. I don't want to get somebody sick and I want to do it where it feels like what the art should be. Like, that's the other thing. Like all these people are like, no, man, we're going to figure out a way to do it. And I'm like, there's no it's you do stand up comedy fucking writer you don't do you know what I mean there's no way to figure it out
1: absolutely and it's interesting like Brendan and I were talking because you know we're we've been missing it so much and I think it's been four months since I've done an hour and I'm like man I can't wait and the show actually went great but it was so much of what I didn't miss of (laughs) stand-up that I was like yeah oh okay this could be figured out Like, I I could maybe be a little more choosy, especially now where it's so uncertain. You don't know how things are going to re-spike, especially in our area. Other parts of the country are, like, discovering this virus for the first time. Like you said, in Arizona, man, I understand why they thought it was a hoax because it didn't really exist over there until recently you know they're like they're seeing New York and they're like whatever that's a fucking New York problem and then as soon as it knocks on their back door then it's like of course okay now this is an all of us problem and it's and it's right here
0: that's exactly right and like I have family members that are like you know they're not like ignorant and naive to like they believe it's real but they're Mm. just like you know it's not big it's not as big and I'm going well that's because you're in fucking Poughkeepsie you know, that's, that's because you're like, you're, you're somewhere where the, there's no cases, but like I had friends right. on fucking an ICU. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I know, I know a guy, uh, my, my friend's father died from it. Like, you know, I've, there's comics that have gotten it. I have a buddy who's a rapper, uh, out in Vegas and he's a year older than me in way better shape. He used to be an MMA fighter and he got it, kicked it in a week, test And still his body is ravaged with symptoms. So it doesn't show up on, on, on tests, but he gets like all that chest tightening. His body is super achy and weak. His uh, esophagus is super inflamed. And like, you know, he's going to every fucking specialist in Las Vegas. And they're all just like, I don't know, man.
0: It's dude, that really scares me that you just said that. I'm not even joking because I'm I'm going through shit now. Not like brutal, but like, Definitely like achy sometimes. And I'm just going like, oh, fuck, am I getting older? Like I'm not really Mm -hmm. exercising that much because it's hard. I mean, I tried to, but like what's scary is like, we don't know the lingering effects of this, you know? Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, nobody, that's the funny thing is when anybody tries to act, act like an expert about this. I mean, you see what happens when the scientists are actually put to the test and they're like, you know, they have an opinion one day and then it changes based on new data and all this stuff. And people get frustrated with that. So they deem themselves to be personal experts of the virus, having no, having no science background whatsoever. <laughs> it's like some fucking MOOC firefighter just being like, I'll tell you what it really is. And it's like, It's all right. like,
0: dude, you've been serving at Applebee's for <laughs> fucking 13 years. And it's like, yeah, I, it, it, that's, I was talking to Giannis about that and I'm going, dude, I don't want this to fuck with my heart later. Like, right. you know, I don't know, like, but I've definitely had some like, like weird issues since it. But then I'm like, like I said, like, I'm, if I was working out, would I feel better? Is it, you know, anxiety? Because they say anxiety right. could happen physically without even knowing it. Um, you have oh, anxiety. Dude,
1: psychosomatic stuff is super real. And I felt, like, I felt like the moment I got to Mohegan Sun, I manifested Corona inside of my body.
0: Yeah, because the brain is, dude, yeah, dude, that's real. You're right. Yeah. Like, when I went through my breakdown in 2016 and my depression, um, my anxiety made me have phantom symptoms that were not just mm-hmm. really not re- – like, the symptom didn't exist. Or like, the symptom existed because my mind made it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's how insane the human brain is, is that it can have physical repercussions on your body.
0: <laughs> how, yeah, dude, that's really, really fucking wild. Now, are you um, – did you go through anything mentally Oh, oh
1: during, yeah. during this? Yeah, I mean the you know the anxiety, not doing stand up and this sound like to anybody outside of comedy, it kind of sounds melodramatic. But it's been such a part of mine and your life, and it's 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 personally how I kind of like define myself for better or for worse. It's how I kind of gauge my self esteem, or at least has been. And I'm trying to veer off of that, obviously. But like, it felt like I lost a limb. You know, like initially I'm yeah. like, I, I don't know how to behave as a human being if I don't have this outlet and this purpose.
0: Yeah, and and because what it is is the outlet, like you said, that's a great word for it, the, the outlet, but also what we were getting always getting better at, right? Always mm-hmm. working towards. And and but what it really gives is almost in a weird way, self-worth it's a self-worth thing where, because you're, you're good at this skill. That's really hard. You're good at this skill that people are really afraid of. They don't know how you do it in your mind. You're like, wow, I've worked so hard to be able to get to a level of like, you know, doing a special, being able to go out and, and, and headline an a room across the country. And then all Mm -hmm. of a sudden you're like, fuck dude. Like, you know, cause like, I'm, dude, I'm not getting i I'm not even trying to be funny here. I will go crime before I go doing it. If, <laughs> oh
1: yeah. Oh yeah. If,
0: yeah. Like if, if comedy was gone forever, I would just, I would just make sure, you know, I would just get a crew and we would just start doing jobs until one of us got caught.
1: I'm so glad you just said that because I've been rewatching Sopranos and this is like my third or fourth time rewatching the series. And I'm just like, I'm now focusing on this, on the, the theme where they compare it to corporate America, their business and how, yeah, I'm actually like, I feel like more empathy and, and almost like, fuck yeah dude for the fact that these italians were kind of they came into the country they you know they were held down in terms of like education all this stuff they saw the steps of the ladder they saw that it was a rigged game and they're like you know what i'm gonna fucking take it and they just took what they you know they elevated their status by just forcefully (laughs) taking it and while i'm watching it i turned to my wife and i'm like i think i could kill somebody yeah
0: meanwhile it's like paid actors on hbo and you're like it's gonna change your whole life like could you yeah. imagine could you imagine your son like 15 years from now going like dude my dad was on the right path and then during the pandemic he watched the sopranos and he just like now he's like yeah my dad's been away for 15 he just years. adopted
1: a whole new persona oh
0: my god that's-
1: but that, that's the one good thing like so you have a great setup where your kids are are old enough to give you feedback on how you're doing as a father. You know what I mean? So every day you're getting positive reinforcement. They're saying, "I love you." They're like, you know, talking to you, you're having conversations. My son is one and he's amazing, but he's not telling me that I'm doing a good job. <laughs> so right. it's like yeah. so that's what's been tough in quarantine where it's like yeah. I'm a I'm an insecure like narcissist maniac that constantly needs affirmation, or else I spiral off the path. And so my son not being able to, you know, compliment me has been detrimental.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because like now my daughter is like, uh, it's funny though when they tell you the, the negative, it's hilarious. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I've literally had one of my kids go, "Why would you do that to me?" And I'm just oh like, "God, I'm like, yeah." You're like, and I mean, they're. I'm like, what are you talking about? But yeah, they're eleven and eight now, and it's totally wow. a different ball game. Like once your son gets three or four it's going to change and you're going to be like, Oh, I am doing a good job. You know what I mean? Right.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah
0: it's, it's, <laughs> it's hard, dude. It's really hard when you're coming up and you're trying to just keep getting up the steps of the comedy world mm-hmm. and stand up. And then you come home and there's a baby there that needs you. It's way different. Luckily um, you, like myself, we have strong women in our lives yeah. that Thank really gosh. hold the, hold it the fuck down. Mm hmm. You know, well, that's,
1: a, uh, I mean, that's, that's been something that uh, I've even grown more appreciative of during this entire thing. It's like, oh, you are for sure the bedrock of this entire thing. It's, it's like, sure. I, you know, I, I try to remain the rock and I try to be as, uh, as comforting and supportive and, and all that stuff as possible. But like, the more I look at it, I'm like, oh, that's, that's your position and I'm your fucking pilot fish
0: yeah yeah dude without like it, it my wife is hands down god i hope she doesn't hear this uh, my, <laughs> my wife is hands down like the rock and the glue of our family like um she loves and respects what i do and she's she's seen me grow from mm-hmm. you know my early 20s till now she's seen it and but dude when it comes to holding shit the fuck down like, with the kids, organization, just make it... Dude, we're comics, man. It's like, yeah, you know, like, we we would be... Dude, we would be a fucking mess without that.
1: I would not even be, like, a livable human. Like, I know how I was living before I moved in with my wife. I was living in a one room in Elmhurst, Queens, where my clean clothes were stacked against the wall and my dirty clothes were right next to it in a pile. You know, it's like people don't like there was no closets there was no organization it was just like a storage facility that i happened to have a bed in yeah
0: yeah you were like in like a homeless shelter except it was just you Yeah. (laughs) it was like everybody in the homeless shelter got out but you were just (laughs) all right man good luck i'm i'm gonna
1: (laughs) i'm the last orphan in the homeless shelter
0: (laughs) (laughs) "All, all right take care um let's talk about um let's talk about your movie that you did Mm -hmm. um now you wrote it
1: uh i mean so the movie itself had like a loose script in the sense that it had like you know almost uh scene ideas so bullet points for uh for things they wanted to capture but 100 percent of the dialogue my dialogue i wrote so it or improvised on the spot actually
0: yeah see that's cool i like that like that's almost Mm -hmm. like um like a curb your enthusiasm type of thing where it's totally. like, we, we kind of know where the scene's going to end up and what we want, mm. but just kind of go and see what happens. And, you know, it's funny. It's like, um, I feel like with Judd Apatow, too, it's mm-hmm. when you get a lot of people in the room, it's like, just roll, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And
0: then and then you're going to capture some shit from these talented people. Right. You, you know what I mean? Um,
1: well, and if you, you- want to make a comic into a good actor, you let them use their own words, You know what I mean? Because we're used to trying to be as authentic as possible, or at least my favorite comedians are. We're used to trying to be as authentic as possible on stage and own who we are. So I think the same goes for when it's in front of a camera and we're in a social situation. If if you're allowed to verbalize things how you would typically do it, it just comes off so much more real than it would if I was, you know, trying to recite lines that I half forget.
0: Yeah, I I think so. I think, you know what, that's 100%... True. And and when I learned about that was, it was a early, it was a late 90s, early 2000s, Martin Lawrence movie. Yeah, And the director was like, dude, like Martin would just go. And like when he would just go, we would be like, oh my God. And it's like, yeah, because you're, you're dealing with somebody that's funny and lives in that funny world. And when we're on stage and we see something in the crowd or something happens, our muscle and our instincts are to do that. So if you're in yeah. a scene, you're like oh shit i think it would go here this is what i would do and then right. it comes across like you said it comes across 100% more authentic and um, now that so that's an indie movie that you guys mm-hmm. just you guys just were like pitched it to to amazon
1: no, so we we guerrilla filmed this shit over like the course of four years. It was supposed to be filmed over a week. <laughs> and it was just like sporadically filmed over four years. How which was funny, both.
0: I don't mean to cut you off, but how no. funny are comedians with their delusion of how long something's going to take? <laughs> yeah. When they're like, dude, dude, we're just going to, we're going to meet at the cellar and for like three nights. And we're going to get a feature film. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just, <laughs> for, you know, forget lighting.
1: right oh there was definitely no lighting but this was also like i think there was like 60 scene changes and i'm like i I don't think we could drive to that many places in five days
0: dude (laughs) you realize that like universal studios has like four locations when they do a major (laughs) movie and it's like you guys are gonna go to 60 places (laughs) oh that's so great
1: but no i don't know I don't know exactly how it ended up on Amazon Prime. I think that's a whole process where you can submit and there's certain you know financial stipulations that you work out with streaming versus dollars and however that plays out, I'm not even sure, but the director Alex Anderson, he was the one that kind of uh landed it there, and you know that's for the u s and u k and then I think he's sending out like an individual link for countries outside of that, like Canada and stuff.
0: No, man, that's awesome, and like that independent shit now there's platforms for it right whereas before like you might not be able to see somebody that actually could act
1: right Right.
0: you're like oh dude that not only is that dude a funny stand-up or you know he or she can crush on stage but put a camera in front of him or her and you know what you're gonna see acting chops that would have never been seen before and Mm -hmm. also that can book you for some other shit like that's that's the thing
1: that's that's been why i've pretty much done everything this year is in hopes Of getting jobs you know and my special I put that together I produced it I got all the interviews and obviously I wrote the full hour for myself and it's like I put that entire project together in hopes of getting a legitimate special next time where somebody actually finances it produces it and has gives it a proper release with a bit of marketing the same with the movie where it's like I'm not getting acting roles I've had a you know handful or two handfuls of auditions over the last you know five years and it's like I wasn't booking anything and I totally understand that so I have to take it in my own hands if I want to prove that I'm capable of doing something.
0: Yeah. And I think like as much as people are like, wow, there's not enough opportunities for mainstream stuff for certain people. And it's mm-hmm. like just a casting call. But it's like, no, now there kind of is because it's like if you can get to get like I was talking to um, I was talking to Pete Davidson the other day. And I was like, dude, I like my by my house is woods, right? Yeah, woods? yeah. Deep woods like when we go back and like these trails that people take their dogs on and I'm like, what's stopping any of us from getting some sick cameras going in there and either shooting a short or an independent film in these woods with insane yeah. scenes. And even, and it's just like, you can actually do that and then have somewhere like Amazon prime or Apple TV go, Oh, you know what, man, we'll, we'll put that on you. And, and guess what? Now 3 million people, Or four million people are going to see it, and it's like you were never able to do that before. So as much as people want to complain and bitch, there's also a laziness to that, Mike. I feel like one hundred percent. You know what I mean? It's like no motherfucker, you don't want to grind. Yes. You don't want to grind because if you wanted to go grind and you wanted to go do it, you and a couple of friends or you yourself. I mean, listen, dude, look at this shit we have. I mean, this shit is like we could get like we can literally get like radio studio quality shit. We can get cameras now, dude. I just bought a um. So I'm updating, I'm doing a bunch of stuff, about to launch this uh, Patreon, this web series, a bunch of stuff. And what I wanted to do was get this um, webcam. So I was asking people and I was talking to people, people that like really know. And dude, I got this webcam coming in like a couple that's like nuts. And it's like, you can do that. You can just do that now. Like, so yeah, I think that there is part of people's genius of being smart and funny and being able to do what we do also does come a laziness and a procrastination,
1: yeah, a laziness and like even with that like a low self esteem where it's like you can you can do it and you can put it out, and they're like, yeah, but then I haven't been you know verified by the fucking industry, and it's like who gives a shit like you know if you want to do so listen i'm there's nobody more embarrassed by like earnest effort than i than me you know what i mean like putting out this movie i felt more wide open than any special any stand up set any even stupid comedy short that i've filmed because i gave it a real effort there's emotional scenes in it there's like you know and it's it's not yeah. all comedy so it's yeah, like yeah. i put myself out there but it's like hey man you got to do that if you want if you have to take the risk if you want the reward of potential success down the road you know
0: yeah because one like one director or one um producer sees that and mm-hmm. it's like oh dude like that guy would be so when i did um i actually had a really big important scene in uh king of staten island that got cut because they changed the script um oh, after wow. the first cut they changed the script and and if you notice at the beginning of the movie when peach driving that scene kind of flipped over that scene wasn't supposed to be at the beginning and you know they talked to me about it but what was crazy was two things happened like I remember I was saying this, I was saying this on another podcast, so I don't want to sound redundant, but the day after I shot, I got a call from Bill Burr and he goes, dude, there's a buzz on set about your scene. And then Pete was going, Hey man, Judd said, wait till you see the scene. So I was excited about that. Now they flipped the, the, they flipped the script or whatever. And they were just like, it's too heavy. My scene was too heavy for when they switched things around. Totally fine. But you know what, Judd, Nice guy hit me up like, hey, man, that, you did a fantastic job. Let's be in touch. And then it's like, so you build a relationship with somebody like that yes. because they saw what I can do. So you have this movie out, this independent movie that's on prime now. Like mm. you said, you had to fuck it. You, it, was a, it was an effort that you were just like not embarrassed by. I know what you mean, though, like putting something yeah. out there and putting yourself out there just on an independent thing. I'm telling you now, you will get work from that some way, somehow, somebody, even if it's, let's just say, stand up. Let's just right. say it's like, oh, dude, like that comedian from that movie that I would love to get him. Like, do you think you could get him? And guess what? That's money in your pocket.
1: Exactly. And that's that's also the here. goal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd love to do movies or TV or whatever, but it's like all of this and I'm sure you're the same. I want to fund the standup thing. My whole goal going into standup is have people to people buy tickets to see me intentionally. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So hopefully all of these projects can kind of funnel into that.
0: That's I mean, myself too, like that, you know, and we've talked about this before many yeah. times, like standup is my number one, like, uh, my next hour that's coming out, everybody knows it's better than my first one. And I'm proud of my first one. And mm-hmm. it's just like, let's get it out. Let's get it out. Yeah. Let's get people to see that. And then, and then, yeah, if you want me for a part, I'd love to act. Right. You know? But I was talking that's to- That's also a-
1: super, sorry to cut you off. That's super cool of Judd to reach out to you and like give you an explanation and talk to you and say good things because he didn't have to do that. There's a no. lot of directors out there that would not take the time. Dude,
0: I was, I was standing in that tunnel at uh, New York Comedy Club before, you know, the little walk-up ramp before yeah. I'm going on, and I just, my phone buzzed, and it was Judd, and he was just, and it was really, it was long, and it was really nice, dude, and, and I knew that I had nailed it, and like, my my manager was there behind the camera with Judd watching and he's known Judd for 30 years and him and uh, Ray Romano and Judd did something. So like these guys have been behind the camera and when they were all telling me what I did and I felt what I did. Like, I felt like when I left, I felt like I left a stand-up killing. So the fact that Judd kind of reiterated that to me, even though the scene wasn't going to air because they changed the script and was, it was like a really nice, like you said, a really, really nice thing um that he did that but like yeah I want to do it on my terms I want stand up first mm-hmm. always yeah and I was talking to this comedian I was actually talking to a, a big comedian in LA I, I don't want to mention the name here because I didn't clear that up yet but I don't want to say hey I'm going to be talking <laughs> about you on my podcast but right um and they told me they were like LA comics a lot of LA comics it just and this is just coming from them so I don't want to say that this is what it is but sure like they do it to get acting, right? They they do it to get on a show or to act. Where I feel like, um, from the people that I've talked to in New York, now I'm sure there's L.A. comics that want to stand up as first too. I'm sure there's, yeah, there, there's totally. too many of us to not have that. But I feel like in New York, there's this thing of like, it, I, I just want to, I, because I, you've watched. I just want to get better at this. I've watched it here. I've seen it elevate here. I've I've seen the cellar on a Saturday night. I've seen the the stand on a Saturday. All of these like amazing rooms, New York, all these rooms that are just like Friday, Saturday, New York City packed. And you get on stage and you tear that fucking room down. That feeling, dude, like that for me, telling a joke, something that I thought of, you know, laying in bed in the morning. And I'm like, that's funny. And then 300 people verify it at a yeah. nightclub at like, you know, 1130 at night in New York City. It's like, dude, that's the, for me, that's great. And then I would do acting because I will tell you this, I found, I was petrified of acting, Mike. <laughs> petrified, dude. Like, No kidding. Oh, dude. I mean, like, I remember I went to this class. Um, it was uh, Joanna Bexton. Do you know who she is?
1: I've heard that name. All right. Yeah. So
0: what I was saying, what I was saying was like, acting to me was really scary, dude. Like, Um, a buddy of mine got me into that, uh, Joanna Bexton, uh, sitcom where the on let me just try to, yeah, that sitcom acting class, dude. And I would have to read a monologue. Like you had to work every, like everybody in the class got like, you had to like work, you know, like you read a monologue, you would do a scene and dude, I went with anxiety. I'd have full fledged panic attacks, anxiety. And what I was saying to you was like, I would rather do an impromptu set where the giants play right now, 15 minutes just have to go there in front of 60,000. I feel that then if I was like, you're going to read a monologue with some actress who's fucking been on like a million lawn and orders and like her life is being on TV shows and yeah. I got to be the, you know, and, uh, but, and that actually, a, of-
1: that's a nerve wracking situation. I mean, it's kind of like being mediocre at golf and going a few times a year and then yeah. playing in a tour event.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes, it was. It was yeah, yeah, that's a great way. I remember when I toured Canada with Burr, he made me buy hockey skates. And he goes, yeah, we're just going to skate around this rink. I got into a full fledged game with guys that played semi pro. And like, <laughs> I fell on my head, dude, it was like, it was almost like they were pranking me. They were like, Is he really gonna, it was like a reality show. And like, <laughs> but when you do something like that, that actually put a bad taste in my mouth about acting. Because oh, really? Because yeah, because it was like I'm reading this monologue in front of all these actors who are also. It was like being at an open mic for acting, Mm -hmm. and and I don't think that you get a real. I would rather, and I know it's a little crazy, but I'd rather be on set with a Judd Apatow, and have him go, hey man, those lines like try it this way. But I know it's like me and the person that's trying to get something. So Mm -hmm. I feel like going to an acting class first. Like I heard like Ray Romano and Chappelle when they got on shows they would get a coach after they got on the show. Like
1: right, they right. would
0: get the show and they would either shoot or like right before they shot a pilot, they would already have been coached, but mm-hmm. it was like a one-on-one thing. So it's almost yeah. like, like you made a good point about golf. Let's just say this. Okay. Cause I play golf. So let's mm. say that you had to, you were like, you're going to go and you're going to like, you have to get over the water, right? Right. You, right. Have to get, you have to get over, like, you have to hit like a 150 clear over water and, <laughs> I would much rather do that with a personal coach right than have like a gallery of wannabe golfers standing behind me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I got all yes. these wannabe golfers that are like standing there waiting for their turn and it's right. like so so I, Well yeah, there's I, also yeah. there's
1: freedom in get in having the job. You know what I mean? Like, as a, so you already have the job. You, yes. You're You're like moderately secure and affirmed in that space. And then yes. they're willing to work with you. That for me loosens me up a little bit where it's like, all right, I'm not like fighting for my life here. I'm fighting to do something good.
0: That's a fucking great point. It's like, that is actually the best way you could look at it because it's like, it's the same thing as trying out for – if you're trying out to be wide receiver, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Once the coach calls you in the office and is like, you're our number one guy, now go yeah. out there and get better, your mind isn't on like, oh, dude, if I drop that pass, this this guy next to me is getting the job. And I feel right. like it, it, it's a pressure relief of just like, oh, dude, okay, like it's me. And then, uh, yeah. and, <laughs> and then not only that, it, the confidence that that gives you yeah. when they're actually handing you the ball, saying it's you, Now you're like, oh, now I'm going to prove you right.
1: Right. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's it. And that for me is how like I operate with everything. Like, I don't know if that's our personality type or if that's everybody. But like I I almost like require that bit of like, hey, son, you're okay, Calm down (laughs) and uh, let's just make something good together instead of worrying about whether or not you're you know, you got the job.
0: Yeah, and I feel like the reason why I always kind of you know you and I I got along with you and I liked you as a younger comic was because I saw that I kind of mm. saw the way you came up in comedy, kind of similar to me. You're kind of a, a guys guy. You're a sports guy. You can talk yeah. sports. You're a you know, but you also know that you have this talent and you want to be up there with the best. You want to continue to grow as do I. There's a unbelievable relentlessness in me yeah. of just wanting to get better proving myself and, and 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 doing that but there's also an insecurity um I know that both of us have in different ways uh father issues yeah um and then we became parents and and all that but like I'm the type of guy that because I can shoot basketball believe I'm five eight but when I go I can shoot right yeah, yeah. I can shoot now. My son is like my son is winning awards in camps and shit. Like my son is that's awesome nuts. No, no, Mike. I mean, when I tell you like <laughs> college guys, pro guys, like he's at John Wallace camp today. He's been like he's everyone's like, dude, this kid like Chrissy D saw him and was like, that's like for a kid his age, that's the wettest Jimmy I've seen. He Has the best <laughs> jump shot. He's got the best jump shot in the school. Like it's nuts, right?
1: Oh, that's awesome. And I
0: literally always joke because I was the small white guy in the corner. And I mm-hmm. learned to knock it down. But it's the same thing that we're talking about. When I hit my first shot or my second shot, I'm like, give me the ball. And when same. people are like, yo, D him up because he's going to score, I'm going to score. But yeah. when I go in insecure, when I went on the court with guys that I knew played more and were better than me, and I knew that I can shoot, but now you miss the first two. And now you're, you're a mentally, now you're yeah. like, not only am I not doing good, everyone here thinks I suck right? Uh And your confidence, your confidence goes down. It is the same with comedy. And it is the same with acting. If you walked on a set, imagine Pacino just showing up, right? Like (laughs) Like Pacino just shows up and he knows everyone's like, dude, I'm working with this guy. He's like, the script to him is a joke right <laughs> it's, a joke. it's like yeah okay i'm gonna fuck it i know the line i'm just gonna do my and everyone's like it's al pacino because his confidence is there and when we could get there with stand-up i'm sure there's nights of stand-up where you felt like that there's nights of stand-up where i felt yeah. like that where it's like dude I, I'm, I'm here to close just have a good time
1: but and um, it's funny you compared it to basketball because i i think stand-up and i played basketball my whole life played two years of junior college i I equate it to basketball and it's that it's the hot streak. It's getting into the zone. It's hitting those shots. And as soon as you hit that, I felt there are nights where I feel like Jordan in the first half against the blazers, just, you know, our palms up to the sky. Like, I don't know what the fuck is going on, but I am in the zone. Anything that I say, I'm just speaking in, in coherent sentences. Everything is streamlined. Everything is going the right way. And it just, you feel that similar thing. And it's because your confidence got affirmed immediately
0: yeah and what happens is now that the crowd knows wow he stopped his act and just did that right. like he stopped his act and just did that now i know this is the dude and now yeah. i'm just going to sit back relax with my drink and let him go and as a comic we feel that so mm-hmm. i feel like i feel like i'm a good open micer with acting but I feel like when my confidence can get up there, I feel like I can act and do well. And I've right. kind of been told that by people that act, which is good. But I can't do it. Like, my life would never be, like, waiting in a waiting room to do auditions every day. Like, that yeah, would just that's be. just not – and I'm not shitting on people that do that. That just can't be me.
1: That's a different – that's a different personality trait. Like we, you know, we're, we're also different in the sense that we're our own writers. So we feel very yeah. passionately about speaking our own words. Yeah. I can't imagine my entire life hinging on somebody else's text and me trying to bring that to life. You know, it, it, just, it, it just doesn't, it, I don't know, it doesn't compute entirely. But when somebody gives us the outline and the freedom to do what we do within their, you know, structure, yeah. I mean, there's nothing better.
0: I think – you know what's crazy is, like, we're talking about confidence. I should name this episode Confidence because it's like – imagine being a boxer in 87 and you're (laughs) already in the ring and Tyson's coming. It's almost like – it's like he knew that the probability and chances of knocking you out and you knew Mm -hmm. the chances of getting knocked out because all those guys that went against him, I'm sure half of them were like, dude, this guy hits like a fucking tree trunk.
1: Right. Right.
0: And, and you're just going – but, like, going in like that, and I do think – I know that – I know the Buster Douglas thing. He was sick, and I know he didn't take it seriously. And also, Buster Douglas went down for, like – if you notice, Buster Douglas was down when they counted, they counted 14 seconds. So, like, oh, Tyson, wow. Tyson te- technically beat him. He should have – it was a really slow count. Tyson got him down. But Buster right. Douglas had just lost his mother. And Buster Douglas went in like, I'm already expected to lose. And I'm fighting for my mom who just died. It's like, it's all about where you are here, dude. It really like, it sounds so corny. It sounds so cliche. But when you walk in the room as the motherfucker compared to like, hoping to be the motherfucker, Mm -hmm. it's, it's too different. You remember where you were five years in a comedy, probably going into a room nervous.
1: Totally. Yeah. Right. I mean, even as of, Two or three years ago, I still felt that. I felt, you know, I had to... I, I've had to affirm myself because I haven't gotten, you know, network network help or anything like that. So I've gotten, you know, in from I've gotten respect from people that I respect, which has certainly helped my confidence. I've gotten, you know, the seller has certainly helped my confidence. Putting out my own special has helped my confidence. All of that stuff, because to bring it back to Tyson even, you see some guys in some of those fights and they get like nicked in the chin and they're down forever, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's almost like their their headspace – just takes them out of it like they can't even fight against the intimidation and then other guys you see they take that one punch and they're like oh that was a punch all right let's fucking mix it up now
0: yeah yeah you could see the fight yeah i i totally get that um yeah i saw you i saw you i remember seeing you one time at new york comedy club maybe it's probably Mm. three three four years ago and I was like, Oh, Mike turned a corner. Cause you could, you know, we've mm-hmm. been in the game, you know, I and mean, it's like, Oh, Mike turned a yeah. corner. Then I saw you at the cellar and I was like, Oh, he's found his voice. And it's like, right. that's the thing. It's like, when you really are just like, I'm just going to do, do what I do and be me and, yeah. and be comfortable with it. You know, used to be afraid. Funny thing about comedy is used to be afraid about who's in the room. Yeah. And, and, and then you get to a point where you're like, you want everybody in the room. Right. Yeah, my, is- my big fear used to always be, this is actually a crazy story. My big fear used to always be if Chris Rock or Chappelle would walk in when I was on stage. Um, Eddie mm-hmm. Murphy, I wouldn't even be able to talk still. That's my <laughs> That's, number uh, yeah. one. That's <laughs> my, like, I would turn into a fuck it. like, Eddie Murphy to me, like, if he walked in and, and I was, like, top of my game. I would just be, I, I would just have to talk myself into staying in the game that I was in and not re- say Eddie Murphy's here because it would fuck me up. But like, yeah, I used to same. get like that. And, and then uh, I had like this, one of the sets of my life at the Garden and Rock was there. And, wow. um, and he saw it and it was weird because I didn't acknowledge him. I went up to Bill while he was talking to Bill and I said, great job because they were talking. So I didn't want to, I, I wasn't doing it to be a dick. Right, I just was like, "Bill, great job." Meanwhile, he's talking to like a legendary comic. But it would (laughs) have been weird to be like, "Oh, Bill, you know, great job, congratulations." Oh, hey, Chris, I'm a big fan. Like, I didn't want to do that. You know what I mean? Sure. But I found out that he had said I killed in the other. I was in another room, and someone's dude, Chris Rock, just said killed or whatever that that guy killed or whatever. But then we're walking in the hallway and literally like around the garden, and at one weird moment it was me and Chris rock after I had done what he just did. And like <laughs> he looked and I knew that he recognized and knew that it was me. And obviously he knows that I know who he is. Right. So it was like this and I'm just going like, come on, man, just say it. Motherfucker. Just, <laughs> just, just fucking say it because we know what just happened. Uh-huh. And He kind of just looked and he just kept walking. And I was like, and, and my stupid mind, I'm like, man, I should have said hi to him when I was
1: talking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that wouldn't matter. Like I was so, I was like, if I would have said, hey man, big fan, then he would have, you know, said good set or whatever. But like, yeah, you get to a point, confidence wise, where um, you 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 don't care who's there, and you just know what you're gonna do. You know, um, 100%. that didn't start happening to me until, to be honest, till recently. Like when I started yeah. to really, after the special came out, um, then this during the second special comics. That I really respected would go, oh man, that's some new special shit. Right. And I was like, again, yeah, they recognize it and you feel good. But coming up, it's really scary. Um, yeah. let me ask you this okay. question. Now with your wife,
1: right. Mm-hmm.
0: And your son, um, see our wives, t- we ain't shit to our wives, right No. So it's like we're not, yeah. So we're it like. I don't people,
1: think I'm in my wife's top five favorite comedians.
0: Yeah, that's fucking hilarious. We're not, <laughs> <laughs> so like, but we're like, I've learned that I'm not shit to my like. My wife loves me and respects me, and my wife believe one thing is nice. My wife believes that I'm good at what I do. Thank God.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But like, it's like, take the garbage out, you fuck. Like fuck yeah. you. Like like <laughs> like she'll still divorce me yeah. over normal divorce shit, just because. <laughs> <laughs> does that make sense
1: that makes total it's sense almost, yeah it's
0: almost like yeah but like you know i just killed the stress factor. like uh-huh.
1: you know, like i don't oh, give a fuck 100 and i think that comes from you know she's been around from the beginning for you my wife has known me since i was 10 years old you know wow. what i mean so there is absolutely no mystery she knows who i was as a boy so all of like my all of my bullshit or anything that comes along where i'm like feeling myself she's like I know you child, I know what can break you. <laughs> and I also know that, you know, you need to get your shit done.
0: It's like, yeah, Mike, you got a special, like, you've cried in my arms.
1: Right. So, <laughs> Recently.
0: <laughs> you've cried in my arms. Yeah. So it's like, the, but, but you and I also, another reason that me and you were similar in a way is because, and I've always literally, I've, I've said, this. I said, Mike Cannon is like a younger version of, of me. That's why I got concerned when you dyed your hair.
1: Uh, no, it's still pink i don't know if you can see it's i saw wild. you
0: like and i'm going no not mike no uh, so like, they got it like a zombie bite
1: it's yeah.
0: like, <laughs> it like oh fuck man this crazy business got mike not honestly
1: mike. this is this is just me trying to look like an alternative white so you know i'm accepted by the pocs <laughs> <laughs> but i've my
0: wife and i have known each other so like I dated a girl in high school that was my wife's like middle school best friend.
1: Oh man. So
0: I've heard of her. We went to two different high schools, but I heard of her. Then like I she would just keep popping up in my life. And then in my early twenties, when I moved to Regal Park, Queens, she lived in Jersey city. So we would hang. So I've known her probably from my teens and then started to date her in my early twenties. So it's like same as you where it's like that same woman. But I think also, they're really strong and they've supported us mm-hmm. through everything and they're good mothers and they're all, they're all about it. And, and that gives us the, you know, because yeah, I and feel they, like, have, it, yeah.
1: they have good instincts because right. how many, how many women do you know? And this is, you know, this is a terrible thing to say, but how many women do you know that are dating a comedian that you know is never going to make money? You know what I mean? So there's a lot of good women out there that throw their support behind fucking duds. And every once in a while, I'll get worried where I'm like, you know, I'm so grateful for your support, but you might be an idiot. Like, I don't
0: yeah. know. <laughs> Dude, you want to know? This is one of the greatest things that I've ever done in my life. And I swear to God, this is a true story. I was at the TikTok diner with Stacy when we were 23 and 24 years old around there. Hmm. And I looked across from her, I was doing black rooms. I was doing the urban circuit. I was doing contests. Dude, Mike, I came up in this business on some eight mile shit and that's real. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like talent hosting the Boston on Sunday night. And it mm-hmm. was like, I came up like that. And I remember I was just, you know, my wife's smart girl. She she went to like top, top grades in high school, top grades in college, just responsible and everything. And I just looked at her in this diner. I go, look, you can be whoever you want. You're beautiful. You're smart. You can be a doctor, lawyer. I go, I'm doing this. I go, I'm going to either be well off in my thirties and forties, or I'm going to be broke in my thirties and forties. Either way, I'm doing this shit. So you need to talk to whoever the fuck it is you need to talk to. And she (laughs) talked like, like round those people up. And and she talked to my mother in law and my mother in law said, Stacey, that's a tough life. Like you don't, you know, my mother in law didn't know if I'm funny, if I'm not funny, who I am, mm-hmm. what I'm doing. You know, your daughter comes and tells you I'm thinking about getting serious with this guy who fucking tells jokes at night. Yeah. And and but you know what? That helped me because it let me go, hey, you fucking people knew what you're getting into.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. 100% man you know i think that's also the foundation of a good relationship is when you're extremely honest and also like communicative and realistic you know where yeah. you're like hey this is how i feel about this certain thing i'm completely driven and dedicated to it i will be a per- a good partner to you however financially you know there there are some bumps that come along with following a dream so if you're cool yeah. with that shit you know then then we're going to get along great
0: yeah because the percentage of people it's funny. I was like 23, 24, and I'm like, I could be broke or wealthy in my 30s or 40s. She's like, what's up with the 20s? Yeah. No, but, like, <laughs> it, but, <laughs> but it's very rare. There's a handful of people, me and you probably know a few names, but there's a handful mm-hmm. of people that just got handed the keys, right? Immediately, yeah. Like, yeah. like four years in, and they're on a TV show. You know, there's, I mean, listen, there are those exceptions. There are people that industry sees something and they're just like, let's give the keys. But for the most part, I mean, you know, you look at people like Jim Norton, who I Mm -hmm. think is one of the most underrated comedians on planet earth. Totally Um, agree. You look at, look at Burr, you know, Burr, you know, Burr was dude Burr was like, what is mid late thirties? People start to give a fucking notice. And I'm like, you know, and, and, and other people too, like that, that, or just at that, that like these amazing seasoned guys that have been through hell gigs and great, you know. Um, another guy that's been at it for what 30 years, and I think he's one of the most underrated, one of the greatest, is Doug Stanhope.
1: Yes, you know, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah.
0: But you watch these guys that just dedicated their life. And yeah, eventually, listen, man, eventually, like, I mean, me and you aren't starving. Eventually, money's gonna, you know, come and the more stuff that you do and the more stuff that you put out there. But yeah, I do feel for a chick that's with a fuck it, like you said, a dud. (laughs) Like, just like, like, she's like, you're still doing that Wednesday produced show? (laughs) Like, you guys started that in 08. It's like,
1: I mean, it just shows you how compassionate and like, real, uh, just beautiful human beings. some women are is when they can give themselves to somebody like that. Cause they notice like a nugget of something and they're trying to like, you know, be a supportive and watch it <laughs> blossom. And then the, the guy is just like, you know, covering it with more do- soil.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, dude, what was his name? Uh, Stavros had that great joke. Stavros had that joke where he goes, uh, when I first met Stavros, uh, he, he was in Baltimore. He was like, I think he was hosting, and I was on the bill with uh, Joe Mataris and Stavros. Goes, he go for you people that are listening. Uh, Stavros is a funny comedian from Baltimore, Greek guy. You guys know Stavros. Um, yeah, so, goes, so funny. But, but he goes, he goes. This chick broke up with me, and he goes, and I'm just thinking, you know what, man, good for her. <laughs> 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 and it's like because <laughs> like, you know it's a good girl, and you don't know oh, yeah. what your future holds.
1: Mm-hmm. um yeah i signed myself up for this i didn't i didn't know i would take like collateral damage with me i'm trying to i'm trying to minimize that as much as possible
0: do you find yourself being a father now do you find fights with your girl or your wife um that like are like hey can you stop fucking thinking about your career for a second <laughs> like can
1: you- uh, yeah I mean not not thinking about my career I think more especially in quarantine as I've been you know locked on the phone because everything is now on the phone the oh, audience yeah. is there the the content is there all that stuff so even after I'm done posting, I'll sometimes get locked in that headspace of being obsessive about the response. So I'm constantly checking and stuff like that. Yeah. And she's like, listen, I'm all here and supportive of you putting out and doing whatever you need to do. But after all is said and done, you got to fucking leave it alone. Not only for me, but for your own mental health. And she's yeah, right.
0: Yeah. 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 We're, we're <laughs> constantly, cause we're in a time now where since it is, like back in the day, it was like you had a good manager, a good agent, and you either get the gig or you don't, right. and you have stuff lined up. Now it's like, how are all my social medias okay? All right, good. <laughs> all my social medias. Because so let me go down that list. All right, how you know I put a movie out? How's that going? Okay, uh, is, How many hits does my special have? And it's 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 um, it's crazy. But this pandemic is going to ultimately be good for everybody. That it's supposed. Yeah. to Like, dude, like what's happened to my special during mm-hmm. this? Mm-hmm. it's like people think it's a 2020 special and I'm like, oh, wow. well, I'm about to put the next one out, but it was because the online thing and, mm-hmm. and, and what, what happened with TikTok and one of the jokes exploded and, and then another joke. And all of a sudden I'm like, people are like, Oh man, I didn't know you did one in 2020. I'm like, I didn't, I did it at the end of 18. So this thing is a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And, but it's like capitalizing on it, on that. I do feel bad for people that relied on the money every week and, and, and the spot mm-hmm. money. And um, hopefully, you know, hopefully, the comedy mother nature uh, doesn't take out every, you know, it, it, people will will be okay. I, I think ultimately, I think things will end up where they should. I hope.
1: I, I do too. I, you know, I think everything kind of uh, the ship writes itself a little bit. Whereas, you know, it may be some of the hobbyists that were doing stand up will move into what they're more comfortable doing, be it podcasting or whatever, you know, whatever. But people that like us that are, you know we're we're old school in the sense that we love stand up we love coming up with a joke we love saying it every single night refining it the process all that stuff the the energy exchange with people in real life like that's like that to us means everything so i think because of that we're going to stick with it longer than you know say somebody who is just doing it to do
0: yeah if you were just doing this to fuck around and see if you could do that that's really comedy mother nature just washing you ashore Totally. And going like it's Darwinism,
1: baby Darwinism.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And I don't these people that like, oh, it's about podcast. Like, you know, I was out in L.A. It's about podcasts. Listen, I get how important podcasts are. Mm-hmm. And I love when people come to my show and they're like, oh, I love the Verzi effect and all that guest you had. That was a great conversation. I love that. But like I didn't get into comedy to be a fucking radio host. you know what I mean like I would have went to fucking broadcasting school for this shit you know what I mean like I I did it for for what we um for what we did but um no man that's that's great that you're back up tonight too and like you're getting that feeling of like you know I'm, I'm going up tomorrow and it's like just to be able to do that and like part of me is like Just, I got antibodies. Just fucking send me everywhere. (laughs) But then the other part is like, I don't want to fucking get anybody sick. And like, when I was in Arizona, they were good. Like, no meet and greets
1: that's Um, good yeah well i know there's a couple comics that are out of their minds with that shit i know mark norman was like hugging people and taking pictures after shows like a maniac uh brendan schaub and brian callen were like you know licking the inside of their fans mouths or whatever (laughs) but it's like it's it's so crazy it's like we can do this can i spit in (laughs) your mouth after the show (laughs) (laughs) now they both have corona it's hysterical but it's like you know i think there's a way to go about this while also being safe and respectful and you know i hope this is a, for me this weekend is a good litmus test yeah. and i feel i feel nervous that i'm you know obviously putting myself out there as a lab rat but also it kind of has to be done at some point
0: yeah and listen man like if you're being safe you're staying in your hotel room
1: mm. and
0: you know like doing the, the they do doctors have like proved like if you wear a mask and wash your hands yeah. you're just not gonna get it right you're just not like the chances of getting it. They said are like, it's like a 1% chance if you do the right thing. And listen, when you're on stage, are they, did yeah, just clean the mic after Sagalow.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I have my own mic here. I was considering bringing it on, but I, they have like condoms for the mic. And uh, even through that, I smelled Brendan's fucking breath on the goddamn thing. But, uh, you know, it, it, for the most part, I felt pretty, you know, I felt safe. And once you're up there, I, that element of it, dissipates i don't know if you found that but like as soon as i got on stage and i started like moving the way i move on stage and and doing a little bit of the pacing and and talking and and hitting jokes and i was like oh i'm not even considering corona really at this point no
0: once you get going and you're in your thing i remember though luckily they did it smart in arizona they had three mic stands and three mics for each of us so the host the feature and mine was the furthest the mine was the third one and 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 you just grabbed it and i remember like I was up there and I'm sweating and I'm doing my thing. And the mic hit, I remember it like it hit my lip a little bit. And I panicked for one second and I realized, oh, it's a new mic. Right. And <laughs> what they did was they actually take it apart. They actually were oh, replacing wow. the parts. Like they really did it. They really did it good. And 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 yeah, so I mean, it is, it's a tough thing for us because we have to make money. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the other part of this too. My people are like, man, fuck that. Like, don't, and I'm like, listen, okay. I, I understand fuck that, but it's like, I need to make, I, I want to make money. I have a, I have a house. I have a nice house. I got cars. I got kids. Like yeah. I do have to make so, so yes, I do want to be safe. I wear a mask, but to tell me like, Hey, this club wants to be safe and I'm going to make some money. It's It's like, Oh, there's a
1: lot. There's a lot of single motherfuckers that live with three roommates that are telling me not to go out on the road, and it's like, dude, That's beat it. That's fucking just, hilarious. You know what I mean? It's like just because just because unemployment covers your whole nut and then some, and is probably more money than you've seen ever, doesn't mean that it's doing the same for me. I have a fucking yeah. one year old and yeah. a, a wife. I gotta figure this out.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's not. Yeah, it's not my fault. That six hundred dollar check is taking care of that Corolla payment. <laughs> yeah. And you're fucking renting a story with sixteen
1: people. Yeah, it's like I got I
0: got fucking real bil- bil- bills here, Dick. Yeah. That's
1: exactly right.
0: Uh, no, dude, man, thank you so much for doing this. What um, I'm gonna put we're gonna put this out today. Put some clips oh, awesome. out. What uh, what do you got? You got obviously you got tomorrow, right?
1: Yeah, so I'm doing tomorrow uh, tomorrow comics Mohegan Sun two shows. Uh that's the 11th of July and um the special if you're if you're at home and you're looking for new shit to watch, my special is on YouTube. Uh it's called Life Begins Mike Cannon Comedy on YouTube. And then I got the movie if you have Amazon Prime, it's called Timing. If you do not have Amazon Prime, there are screeners available, so just DM me or hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at I am Mike Cannon.
0: Nice. Nice. Yeah, man, that's uh that's awesome, dude. Check out Mike. Mike is hilarious and he's doing it the right way. He's working, he's working hard. And I'm glad we got to speak uh, Same, after, during this pandemic because I saw, I was, I was concerned for a minute. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like not Mike, man. That's like, yeah. yeah, that's, that's great. Oh, Chris
1: sent me so many text messages just being like, uh, you good, dude? <laughs> you, you okay?
0: And so no, you know, last thing, last thing. And then, and then we'll go, but dude, you see some shit right now. You're like, oh, dude, he's having a hard time or oh, she's yeah. Like, this is, like, this is showing, like, people are showing some fucking colors here, dude. Yeah,
1: yeah. Not not many people are proofreading their thoughts.
0: No. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, dude, watching, like, our peers, like, have meltdowns without knowing it's a meltdown, you're just like, all right, dude, can somebody book this guy? Like, like. it's almost like it's a cry to your fucking agent like look what's yeah. happening to him just <laughs> put him up somewhere
1: uh, that's so funny <laughs> no,
0: dude it's it's wild but uh thanks so much man good luck with uh with everything and I appreciate uh, it. and your, yeah, of course your, your boy and and your wife all the best and uh, i'm sure i'll see same you same to you
1: man. yes sir tell your family i said hi later brother all right bro